Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. It's me, your your friendly uh, and and barely audible host, <laughs> Dan Grimshay. Sorry, everybody. I, I'm kicking laryngitis, but uh, don't worry. Trust me, it sounds better now than it did, like, say, during our, our interview a little bit later. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but... You'll hear me uh, discussing things with uh, writer, producer, director, uh, Marcus Dunstan, but more on that later. Because uh-huh. before we get any deeper in, I want to say happy fall, uh huh, happy Halloween, uh huh, happy Frankenberry season. Frankenberry season. I always say it like I'm Count Chocula because I don't yeah. think Frankenberry has a voice. Does he have a voice? Of course, I'm sure. I'm sure. Frankenberry. <laughs> You're right. It is very like Frankenberry's knocking shit over all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, okay. Clumsy, uh, quick to anger. Yeah. I, <laughs> Yeah, he's got a short fuse, Frankenberry. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. He's yeah, the Hulk. Sure. Yeah, I, uh, in the uh, General Mills <laughs> horror supergroup. Yeah, yeah, and you know, as we kind of fumble through the facts of this whole thing, like I, I remember, I remember Frankenberry. Uh, it is, it's the serial. Now, am I mistaken? Wasn't it gone for a little while? Well, I, I didn't realize it was seasonal. Well, but no, I don't think like, it, I don't I think it, it was. always was around. No, I think and it then wasn't it disappeared. around. Right, I think, and it, then someone said, "No, you just get it around Thanksgiving or uh, Halloween." Well, that's what I think has happened, and now we're in the middle of Frankenberry season. But I believe it was gone. I remember as a kid, it was always around. Right? Wasn't wasn't there it always Frankenberry? Seems to me like there was. I don't know about Booberry, which personally I think is better than Frankenberry, but well, not by much. Both great cereals. Well, I don't want to start a big debate here. I got some news for you, Grimshay. Lay it on me. I got you a box of Booberries. Booberries. There you go. You're not there. kidding. No, it's there all it's are. right there. It's in a brand new box. I just picked it up from Target, and I got myself a box of Frankenberries. Um, uh, and I oh, and they've got the election theme. Oh yeah, it says vote I for Frank on, on this one. I see. Uh, mine says vote for Boo. Very so it's self-serving. Uh, these uh, red state, blue politicians. Uh, red state, blue state. I can see that going on. True. Yeah. I don't know. Look at looking at their faces. I would have to say uh, Frankenberry there looks more liberal. <laughs> you think so? It looks more. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Like, a little bit more wacky. Know, maybe not as competent, but his heart's in a better place. <laughs> You're right. Uh, You're right. And then and then uh, Boo here. Not not trustworthy. Yeah. Not at all. This guy yeah, I don't. Waking uh... at me. He's got a cheesy grin. But the the whole reason why I even I even bring these to you is to well for one is that we 
I want to take you and all of our listeners out there a walk down nostalgia lane here, okay? Because, you know, we're all around the same age, I'm assuming. We're all in our 30s, pushing 40s, or maybe 20s, 50s. Pushing 30, you know, if you've been knows, 10, you're all welcome. You're I'm all sorry welcome here. My co host here has been alienating anyone. I'm, I'm sorry about that, too. But, the, you know, simple facts are is that there's a group of us that grew up enjoying and loving Booberry, Frankenberry, is it? Count Chocula. Count Chocula. That, that was the other one. That's always around. That's always around. No, well, the thing right? is, I don't know if they are. Now, the, I see Count Chocula at the grocery store all you, the time. I you think like. you, you feel it. You think it should be, but yeah, that doesn't make it moment. so. I oh. believe when we were kids, it was always there, and now it's seasonal. And so that is why we're able to bring you, you know, now it's the season. It's the Frankenberry. It's the Booberry Count Chocula season. But, um, yeah, that, that gang needs a name. Well, it's funny. What can we call? Well, it's funny that you even bring that up because I was reading on. Oh, you're, you're stroking your chin. You look like someone is about to drop like some, some real, I read an article kind of, is this real life facts about this group that you have for me? Well, it's this, uh, it's this new segment that I want to introduce. It's called, uh, wiki reading. Wiki reading? Wiki reading, uh, because I'm just going to go onto the wiki page right now, and I'm going to pull up <laughs> a little quick. bit of... Good work. <laughs> I'm just going to pull this up real quick. Um, but I, you know, uh, so I'm going to introduce... So, so this is what you want to do. You want to read to us from Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, I think... Because I, that's that's where we can get our facts now as a culture. Yeah, I think... All right. I mean, I think it totally makes sounds, sense. Sounds but, like um, this segment could be a lot of fun. Well, sure. I mean, well... Um, can you play, do? Do we have any? Do we have any wiki reading music? Oh, you want you want to point to me like Paul Schaefer <laughs> and say, "Give me some wiki reading music on the fly, real quick." As, I, as I make this segment up, do you have anything? Uh, I don't know. Let me see. Let me see what I can do here. How about wiki reading? Wiki reading. Wiki reading. Wiki 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 reading. What's the same? Wikipedia. That's ridiculous. Ah, oh, so wiki reading. Wiki reading. Okay. Marky, won't you please wiki that shit for us? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wiki, 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 wiki that shit. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. So um, apparently, according to Wikipedia, uh, the General Mills Corporation, uh, it's called Monster Cereals. Okay, monster, monster cereals. cereals. Yes, this that's is like a real thing. It's uh-huh. in Wikipedia. So it's in Wikipedia. It's so we know, we know it's real. It. it's been it's been clearly vetted. Okay, <laughs> and uh, it's monster themed breakfast cereals. You know, monsters being the big ones, right? It's the Frankenstein's monster. It's the Dracula. It's the ghost. And then look, it, it says here in Wikipedia as our music states <laughs> that the series includes Count Chocula. Frankenberry, Booberry, and in addition to the long discontinued but temporarily resurrected Fruit Brute and the Fruity Yummy Mummy. Do you remember the Fruity Yummy Mummy? You know what? Actually, I can kind of picture the box with a mummy on it. I I remember I it being anything about fruity anything. I fruit remember brute? it being. I do remember it. I remember it being like a yite stripes kind of like the actual mummy was. It was like he was yite striped, like oh, different all colors. His bandages were different. Yeah, colors. yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. That's how I remember. How it. very progressive. 
And what a mystery. <laughs> they discontinued it. <laughs> yes, it was... It was a little just, bit of just ahead of his time, huh? but you know uh, the, the fruit brute. Eh? Wiki doesn't really touch on that, but what the history, what in the section entitled Wiki, uh, "History Under Wiki," is in March of 1971, the first two cereals in the line were introduced: Count Chocula and the strawberry flavored. My favorite was Frankenbetty, and in the commercials, there's two monsters: Count Alfred Chocula and and Frankenberry. Which is genius. Frankenberry or Frank, Frank N. No, Franken. Barry. His name is Franken. Ugh. His last name is Barry. Okay. I got you. I'm, I'm following. Right. Are you with me on this one? Uh, and they would, apparently, they would engage in comic bickering over which cereal was better. And then the other would sometimes, and, and then they would argue which cereal was better than the other when something or someone else would, uh, would uh, uh, interfered with their verbal sparring and would scare them out of their wits. And sometimes that other person was... Was it Booberry? Or Yeggs Booberry. This is ringing a bell. Okay. He would pop out of the. Yeah, and so they're, they're back always. Of the whatever. So Frankenberry and Count Chocula were always having this little bicker, and then they were talking about which cereal was better. I completely agree with Frankenberry that, you know, the Frankenberry cereal was better. Uh, I agree. I okay. agree as well. I think the Frankenberry is better than the Count Chocula. Exactly. Um, although the Count Chocula does have a lot of style and grace. Would you agree? Well, the Count certainly does. Absolutely. As far as. Just basically the flavor of cocoa pebble. No, I, <laughs> it was cocoa pebble. You're right, but it was yeah. You're right. It does. And and so um, uh, in February of 1972, Frankenberry cereal introduced the ingestible pigment that turned some children's faces pink. Okay. <laughs> oh, now, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Now I am glad we went to Wikipedia. What did you just say? I actually misread it. I meant to say feces pink. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so this symptom, the symptoms sometimes referred to as, I'm not kidding, because this is a segment of wiki reading. Wiki reading. <laughs> okay, so you know it's true. So I said faces, but I meant feces. Okay. And so this symptom was sometimes referred to as Frankenberry stool. <laughs> Yes, this was obviously a thing. So, and I'm sure I I may have suffered from Frankenberry stool at some point. Um, and then, of and course, you don't remember though. Well, I That's surprised. It may have been a side effect as memory loss of Frankenberry stool. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, Booberry repeatedly, the first blueberry flavored cereal, by the way, was released in December of 1972. Fruit Brute was in 1974. Uh, Fruit Brute was discontinued by. 1982 and replaced in 1987 by Fruity Yummy Mummy, uh, which also had a short life as it was discontinued in 1992. So, in 2010, Betty Crocker released Frankenberry and Booberry Fruit Roll-Ups, which I did miss, uh, uh, and I regret that highly. Uh, General Mills released Count Chocula cereal bars also in 2010. Uh, but since 2010, and again, I'm reading this all from Wikipedia because this is Wiki reading. Wiki, wiki, wiki reading. Uh, Frankenberry, Booberry, Count Chocula cereals have been manufactured and sold only for a few months during autumn, uh, the Halloween season, specifically in September and October. Wait, you're saying all those cereals? All of them are done, except for a seasonal stint. The only place that I have been able to find them is in Target's. Oh. 
So I think we were right. I just don't want to give him credit. I think even we were right. Chocula is only seasonal. I think we're right. I think that you, our experience is correct. When we were kids, it was everywhere. I and sure we bought it. Yeah. And now it's not. And it disappeared. And all of a sudden, it's in the Halloween section at a Target for us to enjoy seasonally every year. And and, and I'll tell you what, like, this is a beautiful fucking thing. You know, like, it's amazing because this cereal will kill you. It turns your stools pink. It's the worst thing that could possibly happen if you were. But seasonally, it's okay. In moderation, everything is good. Yeah. God God knows how many FDC Yellow Lake number fives you're ingesting this time of year. Anyway, you're going to have Franken poops. So I'll get them out of the way at the same time. <laughs> I love it. Franken poops. Okay. Sure. sure. Yeah, that one <laughs> better than Frankenberry stool. Think, uh, the more I think about it, they dropped the ball on the uh, nickname there. I, I, maybe, uh, maybe so. Uh, in August of 2013, not that long ago, General Mills released all five monster cereals for purchase during the Halloween season, both Fruit Brute, which was being released for the first time in 31 years, Fruity Yummy Mummy, which was being released for the first time in 21 years, would also receive updated packaging like the other cereals. Additionally, it was revealed on iMockery, which apparently is a thing, that special retro edition boxing uh, boxes of all five cereals with their original packaging art would be ex- would be sold exclusively at Guess Where. Was it, was it Target? It was absolutely Target. They, you know, um, the, like toy hunters have always mentioned that Target that's where you want to go. Well, this is something uh, that it. when I saw this, like, um, it's like peeps in Easter, you know, like when, when I, I remember, I don't remember when exactly, apparently, according to wiki reading, it was in 2010, but I do remember that moment when I saw Frankenberry again, right? Uh-huh. Like it, it was, uh, it was a jolt of nostalgia and it was like and I bought it immediately, you know. And I even lucked out, and I do it every year now. Is that you go the day after Halloween, so you go like you know November, yeah. And you go into Target, and it's all fifty percent off if you wait long enough. It's a little stale, but it's eighty percent off, you know. But like <laughs> you, you totally stock up on all this stuff. It's like so you're buying a whole box of, of Frankenberries for like eighty cents or something. Mm-hmm. But I remember like totally getting it, and I remember taking it home, and I remember just eating it out of the box, cold, like, without milk or anything. Like an animal. Like a total savage That's dog. Terrible. And it was, no, it was amazing. I mean, my stools were so pink. <laughs> <laughs> it was so amazing. And, and you know, like, um, there, there was, you know, it was, it's fantastic that General Mills could kind of come out with this, you know, maybe they're getting onto this nostalgic, you know, we never want to grow up geeky pop culture world that we live in. This is why we're here today. Oh, yeah. You know, they obviously wanted a piece of this. None of us can let go, so. We can't let go. And, man, it worked because every year now, to me, it's not Halloween. I never really – Halloween is fine, okay? Halloween is fine. Yeah. But there's something but special. You get, you get excited, and this is a major shift in seasons. Exactly. You know, from summer to fall, and you, you demarcate it. Demarcated with the uh, Frankenberry season. Exactly. And just to finish off our Frankenberry reading, I just want you to know that in August of 2013, no, I'm sorry, in 2014, General Mills enlisted the help of DC Comics to create new designs for the serials in time for that Halloween. Um, the designs revealed on August 6th consisted of Booberry, designed by Jim Lee, the man. 
uh, Count Chocula, designed by Terry Dodson, and Frankenberry, designed by David Johnson. So um, what this is showing, and I'm actually looking at uh, Wiki right now. I'm looking at some of the boxes and stuff, and, God, they all ring such a bell. Uh, a fruit Brute was like a, a wolf, a wolf man. That's who, that's who he was. Uh, yummy Mummy, obviously, was a mummy. Um, but uh, just kind of looking at this and seeing what some of these artists have done with the cereal boxes and just, just knowing that General Mills, you know, um, I don't know if you want to call it effort, but or just marketing acumen, you know, went to Jim Lee and the like to create these boxes. Uh, and to, Jim Lee and his ilk. And, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, to, and to just kind of get that, just to kind of put that kind of thought into it. I think that they're very well aware of the place, the the cultural significance of this ridiculous breakfast cereal, mm-hmm. right? Of course, I was totally unaware of any of this, so maybe they just have a really uh, tech-savvy <laughs> intern down there, General Mills, who made it all up. But to wrap up our first segment ever of Wikipedia reading, <laughs> Wiki reading, Wiki read. <laughs> Uh, we are going to say that if you trust the internet, then you can trust what you just heard here, uh-huh. and that is the new definitive history of monster cereals. Bang! What 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 would they be like? A a group? A horde? Monster a, cereal of murder? A, a murder of monster cereals. <laughs> I think that's what it would be. But so that just that's gets us going. Wiki into, reading. That's wiki reading, everybody. A little something now you know. Potentially, you know, if you trust the internet, that well, you can go out and buy some Frankenberry right now. Might yeah. as well do it. It'll never come back full time. That's my uh, that's my guess. Well, uh, but you can enjoy it now. Right now, uh, the 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 tagline for Count Chocula was, "I I want to eat your cereal." Go ahead and say that as Count Chocula. I want to eat your cereal. <laughs> See, it's perfect, isn't it? <laughs> he was the only one that had a tagline, apparently. And you know, if if you think about it, Boo Berry's not going to say anything. No, he would ruin. <laughs> he would ruin the surprise. <laughs> yeah, he's a ghost. Whispers his little <laughs> tagline before he says Boo. Billy <laughs> <laughs> Berry's the lead. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, so, and then <laughs> apparently, when they brought out Fruit Fruit Brute, uh, when they brought it back in 2014, Seth MacFarlane. Uh, he was impersonating uh, the Fruit Brute character. So we're going to have to go back and find that. So any, I, 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 I bring this up for one specific reason. Oh, good. Is that, okay. So we're all tangled up in this nostalgia. We all refuse to grow up. Everybody knows that. We created a whole show because of this. Okay? Everybody recognizes it. They market to us. They sell to us. And we gobble it up. And we literally eat it up. It's changing okay. the world. Exactly. But but what we are here to just to just reaffirm to all of you listening out there, you are not alone. Okay? We loved Frankenberry. We loved Booberry. We loved Count Chocula. And some of us even remember what yummy mummy tasted like. Okay? And and not we're, touch <laughs> we're all here with you right now. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And uh but to move along into the into this episode. We're not here to talk about cereal all day. Yeah. No, no. we're not. I feel, <laughs> yeah. The, the evidence to the contrary, that's <laughs> no. not our goal, uh, because we're, we're noticing that it's fall with the uh-huh. leaves changing and everything's uh, – new TV shows are coming out, which we could go on and on about, but 
I'm not going to. Nope. Let's just focus on it's it's Halloween time. It's Halloween time. We picked a scary movie we like. Mm-hmm. We got to talk to some people involved. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's what you're going to hear about right now. Absolutely. So I, when I was a kid, we watched Friday the 13th like crazy. Like we loved all the Friday the, all the Friday the 13th. Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Much like all. horror fans back yes, in the 80s. We exactly. Yeah. We totally grew up with that, and I watched them all. Okay? Something happened when I got older. I don't know. It should be the reverse, but for me, I don't like horror movies. Well, now that's just because uh, you've turned into a lady. <laughs> Maybe. No, I, I, I don't know what it is. But I, I know always, what it is. Well, I, the, part of the thing about horror movies is if you get really excited and want to watch them, yeah. most likely you're doing it kind of ironically. Right. Now, like any time you take a girl and see a horror movie and she's like, oh, but I hate it. Oh, I get so anxious. I get, And she watches it you know, through, through her fingers uh-huh. and she's grabbing hold of you and screaming and jumping. And, and uh, most outward appearances would say she's not enjoying it. Right. That's actually the way you're supposed to watch a horror movie. Yes. It's supposed to get under your skin and make you creeped out. That's exactly what I feel. Mm-hmm. That's so, exactly so my you, problem. <laughs> that's, that's what's stopping you now. I'm a lady. knowing what the trick is. <laughs> I'm a date is what it is. I'm a lady date is what I am. And that's that's fine. We have we, we, we don't have gender issues here on the no, show. No, 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 not at all. No. I mean, I'm just talking about the guys in the room here, okay? But, like, but, so, yes, that's exactly, that is exactly my problem, is that I tend to not like to be uncomfortable watching a movie. Yeah. So the more that I am uncomfortable, the better the horror movie probably is. Yeah. Okay? All right? And we came across this movie called The Neighbor. It was suspicious in its packaging and in its presentation. <laughs> and But I thought, it's Bill Enville. And so he's yeah, a funny guy. Bill Enville. So That's, that's your you first know, light. Wait a minute. Like he's a, a comedian. He's a comedian. Maybe this is like a scary movie kind of. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was a spoof. And so a I, spoof. <laughs> I, I throw it in there. And I'm watching this thing, which was it's, it's already it's out on VOD, DVD. It might be at Walmart. I have no idea. Stars, you buy, buy it uh, you, physically, digitally. Absolutely, and the it, neighbor with Billing Ball, and because I hate it so much, if you like horror movies, you're you're gonna like it, okay? And it's um, uh, it's not a horror movie necessarily, as it's just like this totally tense. You, it seems to me like it's it, psychological. It's psychological. That's a good is, way to put yeah, it. Yeah, that's well, I, it's actually like a subgenre. Or, to me, it's psychological feels, horror, more like Hitchcock. Versus uh, George Romero. That's a very. Well, there's plenty of tension in both, but George Romero cuts it by taking a chainsaw to people. Yes, yes. And we had a chance to talk to the director, Marcus. What's his last name? Marcus Dunson. Marcus Dunson. And then we, we, yes, we actually had the chance to talk to who I've always loved as when I was a kid watching stand-up comedians, and I mean I'm a big stand-up comedian fan. Uh, Could never do it myself. Uh, yeah. Bill Enville is a legend, and we're going to get into that. Cause yeah. We actually yeah, ended up having a long time. Yeah. Everyone's heard of him. Everyone um, remembers parts of his act. But uh, when when I saw this movie, like if I could just kind of explain it to you, think about when you were six years old. Done. Okay. okay. All right. And you went over to your uh, great grandmother's or your great aunt's house, and it had all that weird old shit, like. Uh, you know, all over the place, all over, you know, maybe some plastic on the couches, right? Mm. It was weird. 
Okay. And now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right, I'm with you. All right. Six and years old, plastic out, weird. Just think of being in the hallway. That is the neighbor. It's every shadow behind every door could be a murderer. Eat my cereal. <laughs> could become chocolate. <laughs> I have no idea, but that's what it was like. But it doesn't. And then, at, and then um, at that point, someone comes out from behind the door and chainsaws somebody's leg off. Maybe, maybe not. I don't want to ruin it for you. But like, I, I, <laughs> it sounds I think, like you're actually leading us the other way. That this I, I is don't psychological. Know. This is psychological. It got, it, was, it got under your skin by getting in your head. I didn't like it at all. That, and again, if you need to rewind this, uh, <laughs> this podcast back and, and get some more context, that means it's a good review yes. of a horror movie. I hated Brought it. Brought all the further to life by the fact that the protagonist is played by Mr. Bill Engvall. Who's a comedian. A famous stand-up comedian. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he had his own TV show, which was not about a killer. No, it actually starred Jennifer Lawrence. Which we didn't even talk about, but anyway, what, let's. For some reason, he didn't. He didn't bring up the fact that his young <laughs> yeah, co-star was Jennifer Lawrence, at fifteen <laughs> years old, completely eclipsed him. Yeah, but but I, I he's, he's successful enough, and now he does one of those weird, you know, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino esque exactly. star turns. He takes a turn, right? Exactly, doing a totally different genre, really succeeding. Uh, anyway. I think uh, the writer-creator, Marcus Dunstan, mm -hmm. who I had a chance to talk to just very recently, and uh, while my voice was even worse, so fair warning, mm -hmm. but uh, we chatted all about this, how it came up, uh, and he's got his own credentials in horror. He mm -hmm. wrote some of the Saw movies, Saw movies. Bone Collector, yep. uh, but this is, a, this is off in a different vein. Anyway, Magic Interview Machine, why don't you bring us over to Marcus Dunstan? And we are talking with Marcus Dunstan. Marcus, writer, director, producer, thank you for calling. How you doing? I'm grateful. Thank you for having me, sir. Well, of course, we're talking, we're talking with you today about uh, your new feature, The Neighbor. Uh, we spoke with uh, Bill Ingvall a little while back about it when it was coming out. Uh, had a great time talking to him. Uh, we're really intrigued by this movie, and we want, we want people to hear about it so they can make their decision to go out and see it. Uh, hint, everybody, you should just go see it. And, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and you, bring, you bring a certain uh, amount of pedigree to this, uh, to this psychological horror movie because uh, you've got a background with the Saw movies, which everybody the world over is familiar with. Well, absolutely. We were very fortunate to be a part of that. And by we, uh, I'm referring to Patrick Melton, who I've uh, been fortunate to write with for almost the last 15 years. And our, our first uh, foray into fear was with uh, Feast, which couldn't be more of the opposite in, in the same sort of genre where it is humor, dark humor, horror, monsters, extremes. And Saw, uh, by comparison, was the detective thriller uh, combined with horrific elements uh, and very much grounded in reality. It wasn't a world of monsters. So it was a, a marvelous stepping stone and a great challenge to not only follow in the uh, amazing footsteps that had laid the path down prior with the first three entries. You have, you know, James Wan and Lee Wanell creating a universe, an iconic villain, and also doing such with the the elements and the alchemy of 
the greatest of the detective type of movies, where it was as fascinated with reveals, with puzzles, with mystery, with flawed adults, as it was with the implication of a horrific demise. Um, that that was a, that was just a marvelous uh, journey, and it, it was something that uh, made Patrick and I relevant. Uh, people, you know, they they've heard of a Saw movie. Hey, okay, that that helps. That helps really uh, walk in the door before uh, anything else. It's a it's a nice shadow to have. Yeah, exactly. There's there's your hook for you right there. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> But but then uh, and and yeah, like like you say, these are though though all horror movies, uh, these franchises. What but they do share in common uh, that. But on the uh, but from the other side, they are very different. Just like I think the neighbor is, it cannot be confused with a Saw movie. It's not explicitly gory going into. It's it's just psychological. It plays with the mind, which is still a a very viable you know route for horror to go. I think. Yes, it's still a very uh, rude uh, form of <laughs> to subject a viewer to. Um, but, my gosh, it, what was great about this and the marvelous challenge that was before it was to not uh, play by the rules of what the horror movie would have, which could be a horrific kill every nine and a half minutes, a, uh, you know, targeting teens, targeting uh, just – familiar areas but instead what if we were able to make the dark edge thriller what if we were able to adhere by those rules in which you are telling stories of conflicted adults who have already kind of set their own fate in motion and in this case when they collide with another fate that has far more dangerous implications it was the joy to watch those forces uh you know have impact and create horrifying outcomes and, you know, absolutely still elicit the same sort of suspense and terror beats that, that you could accomplish with other more, I guess, gory effects. But in this case, we're building a foundation on performance and, and such a one as Mr. Ingvall contributed, which was, uh, you know, really just left it all on the field. It was, it was great. He transformed. He mm. did not look like, the billing of all that pop culture has embraced and, and recognizes as a uh, as an outgoing, genuine, full heart, you know, an entity of kindness. No, he showed up and revealed the rattlesnake charm and the ability to flip a switch from uh, delightful to deadly, and that that was that was such a joy. And then yet after cut between action and cut, there it was after cut. Oh, the jovial family man, the the wonderful father, the dear friend, was right back and keeping us in stitches as the next uh, setup was coming about. Okay, so he wasn't uh, told Jared Leto, Dustin Hoffman method acting, where he was uh, just a creepy bearded <laughs> well, dude hanging out in the set. There is, I, I think that there's a there's a mighty respect to be had for method acting and for what it it, it did the storytelling, but there's also, you know, everybody has a job. And if you go to your job and spread <laughs> any sort of like ill will atmosphere or whatnot like that, I consider that to be kind of maybe not the, the greatest way to go about one's work. If you share it with the camera, <laughs> fantastic. But it was it, it it is so hard and so uh, risky to to put your heart out there and to make a movie that you better have a lot of fun doing it. So when the eighty ninety minutes goes by and that experience is out, you have 
a, a constant lifelong well of good memories to to see from the other side of that camera. So so that's what that's that's what's nice. I I, I prefer being on sets where the atmosphere feels creative and jovial. And and in that sense you can almost get to the same place of reality that, you know, ah, do you really need to terrorize someone for them to act terrified? No. If if they're a, if they're a great actor, they know how to act terrified. Yeah. <laughs> if they're a great person, bonus. You want to work with them again and again and again. Yeah. But uh, well, I, although I am glad that you brought it up because I want to talk more about uh, you know just that juxtaposition for Bill Engvall, and he mentioned that I think you were the one who came to him. Was this some epiphany you had where you said, you know what, let's give it an extra meta level of creepy if you know, we force a comedian to take on the least comedic role in this movie? Not that anybody really well, has a funny role. Well, but. yes, there's a skill set to that that they, they naturally have, and by they I mean a, a comedian, a stand-up comedian. Um, and then I think there's a difference between someone who's a comedian that never has to stand up in front of a crowd, who travels, who is exposed to everyone else's odds for having the worst day ever, who can get scratched, who can get broken down, who can just be dealt the worst hand. And yet, when it comes time for them to deliver on their job, their, their purpose of the day, that means standing up alone with a hot, the hottest light, the brightest light, pointing right at their face in a room full of darkened strangers and their silhouettes, and they have to make their day turn into sunshine. They make them laugh. And if they don't, the consequences result in a revolt of, of many yeah. times. So I thought, like, holy cow, this is a – and Mr. Engvall has, has been a professional at stand-up comedy for years. Therefore, there's a, there's a mechanism that he must possess to flip the switch and stop being the real-life person who has to deal and react to all the foibles of a day, the damage, the what's pissing them off, what's anything, anything that, that, that goes outside of the lines of the duty at hand, makes them laugh, and then takes the stage. So it was amazing to me thinking, like, hmm, this is someone who wears a mask. Unless it's the greatest day ever, and these are just stream of conscious moments that, that become an act. No, because he's hitting beats. He's performing. And he's doing so no matter what kind of day he's had. And the illusion is it's the best day ever, and we're hanging out with our dear friend when he takes the stage. It's what he brings, which is a marvelous, unique quality. Is you feel like you're standing next to him. You're at the same, you're at the same kind of campfire sharing these stories, and this is the guy who is the funniest and, and the most gregarious. So I thought, like, okay, if such a performer with that skill set has the switch to flip into that gentleman, well, what happens if you flip the switch the other way? Okay. So, <laughs> wow. So, so essentially you said, uh, okay, uh, what we need here is a, uh, a schizophrenic raw nerve full of self-loathing, and you said, boom, comedians. That's exactly. <laughs> well, not so much. I wouldn't say it was that. that no, no, I, I think that's actually very accurate. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head, and you, and I, and I can tell everybody it's not a spoiler. Bill Engvall is amazingly creepy in this movie. Yes, he he, he did great. You, I mean, you found the, way the switch. Transform. Goodness gracious! Like the physicality, um, 
the way the the hair, the look in the eyes, the beard, the his gait, and even his dialect. Uh, it was you could you can challenge him to sound like a particular region of uh, depending on where he's playing, and he has the isms, the sayings, the phrases, and the way. It's as if he's he's been a uh, an exchange student to every single place. <laughs> you know, it's just really. It's remarkable. So I think he's a he's a master of social observance. Yep, that, that's another crazy person uh, slash comedian trait is a lot of travel. So absolutely. And Again, so in this case, wow, it was, I, yeah. it was a joy to have someone do that. And when he when he would have to play menace, oh my gosh, we all were were in awe of, of how dark he could go. And and yet the, the, the what it inspired and ultimately like having a resource such as Mr. Engvall on hand is, well then you could pull from real life, when and that would make the villain seem more human. So the real life element was this is an absolutely caring, protective father. This is a wonderful husband. This is also a charmer. Okay, well it would take all of those elements to make this character seem believable that he's playing because this is a father whose back is against the wall who's lost a safety net due to tragedy who is under punches and must figure out a way to survive provide protect and get out of his own circumstances so then the violence is really in the backseat because the humanity is driving and the consequences of that humanity allowed us to create the suspense and tension of these two different factions, two different uh, families, kind of running concurrently. But then once their story threads helix, it's war. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, there is not a big Thanksgiving scene between the neighbors. No, no, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> You can go ahead and pick sides at a certain point. <laughs> you know, everyone's got a neighbor. Uh, <laughs> I think we all think that our secrets are our own. And I was at a wedding uh, not that long ago of a friend, and the uh, I, I want to say the bride's sister took the microphone uh, during the speeches and said something about uh, – she was, uh, it was a very funny, you know, heartwarming speech. And then she came time to uh, talk about the groom. And, you know, it was, it was an absolute abundance of adulation and warmth extended to him. And then right before the end of it, she said, uh, oh, and by the way, anything you think is a secret, I already know. Oh, that's a line you got to steal. And in, Yes, it inspired uh, an inspired way to end it. Like, okay, so that's uh, <laughs> isn't that how we all feel? You know? <laughs> so I, I've checked out your secrets. They're okay. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's a good one. Well, I want to ask you before I let you go because I won't keep you too much longer. Uh, but I, I I don't know about the part of the country where you're in right now, but where where I am, it is definitely starting to feel like fall. And the sun is going down sooner. The weather is cooling off. And I noticed I was having a conversation with some friends just a couple days ago, and it feels like it's time to start watching scary movies now. Like there's something <laughs> in I don't know if we're programmed uh, because of Halloween, but it just it, – it seems like a difference when spring and summer are around. 
we as an audience, we're in the mood for something funny or, or some action, something bright on screen. But as soon as it starts to change, I'm ready. Now I want the scary movies. I want the heavy dramas. You know, I want the, uh, you know, the, the downer Spielberg movies. This, uh, what, what, I'm wondering because because you as a filmmaker and you've got a, the, a writing history with uh, as, as we already went over with with horror movies and dramas, what, is there something to that? Uh, yes, I think that there is a, a delight in the month of October, building up to this holiday of Halloween, which is a worldwide sensation. Halloween and it's culturally it, it keeps growing and growing, and it grows because I believe it is grown from. Adoration. It's grown from a joy, and it's adults keeping it alive, not kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are adults that can't wait to take a couple of nights out of their lives and become something else, to become someone else, to really reveal the inside for just a second. Over the course of a few cocktails and a night, they get to become as wild and uninhibited as possible. And in that, I, I, I think it's almost like a, uh, a miniature Burning Man that's worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, you just, Ooh, you that's good. just get to be whoever you want. And, and in that, here comes these movies, these stimuli that are uh, wanting to scare, to provoke, to make you jump. And um, I have equivocated the horror movie as being a direct interpretation of the jitters and the fears of being on a date with someone that you truly love, someone that you are really falling for. This is a date with a crush, and you don't know how it's going to go. Is it going to be great? Is she going to like me? Is he going to like me? Is this going to be great? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it is terrifying. And the only thing you want to do is not jump out of your own skin and stick the landing on a doggone date. Make sure when you go to open the door for someone, it actually opens. You don't instinctively bring your own face into the glass, bounce off, and bounce off. <laughs> so... The horror movie is there, and my gosh, what a gift. You can take your date to a horror movie, a scary entity, and now all of a sudden all the jitters and the tremors that you might be having, well, that's just because of the horror movie. I'm not, I'm not scared of you. I'm scared of this movie. And then chances are that person is just as terrified, and then when you jump and the big scare happens, hopefully you jump closer together, and in the act of being terrified, you're exercising all the life jitters and all the consequences of thinking about things that could, may, possibly go wrong on this date. And by that time, every possible scenario of ill is gone because the horror movie has taken it and walked back into the dark with a tip of the hat and a thumbs up. Good luck, world. We've just shown you a day far worse than you ever could have. Have a great day. Oh, wow, Marcus. That's, that's really beautiful in its way. There you go, everybody. <laughs> uh, a writer for the Saw franchise gives you a little bit of insight on romance. You didn't think you were going to get that today, and there it is. That's beautiful, and I think and I think it does address my question there of of, of this being a seasonal thing, and uh, and it makes me more excited to set up a date and go catch a a, a nice horror movie, uh, such as Save yeah. the Neighbor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go buy my candy for the trick-or-treaters. I'm definitely going to go get some uh, Frankenberry cereal. They only sell it this time of year. Not a coincidence. You have to. Do you, are, do, if you don't do you, support Frankenberry, who will? Exactly. Exactly. They'll take away Count Chocula if we don't get excited about these sorts of things. And Frankenberry is just what I wait for 
all year long. <laughs> oh, man, that's the best. Well, oh. I mean, now I guess we can also share that love for the pumpkin spice uh, latte, you know, like, hey, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't, may, maybe it's just that I'm getting older now. I Maybe it's the way my parents feel about Frankenberry. I'm, I'm kind of feeling that way about the pumpkin spice everything. Like, ah, oh, you oh, kids are ruining this nice. holiday. And that's, and, and I shouldn't it's, be. Oh, no, it, it's, uh, this is, it's just one of the best times of the year. It's so much fun. And thank goodness, uh, it'll, it'll get some folks together and, and, and have, uh, some delight with their fright. That's right. Go watch a slasher flick with someone you love, and maybe, if you get lucky, you can share a bowl of Frankenberry with them in the morning. And I guess yes, on that note, absolutely. <laughs> everybody, go out there, uh, catch the neighbor, Bill Ingvall, as you have never seen him before. Trust me, and he's really good at this. Thank you for getting the word out about the neighbor. We are the little tugboat of uh, terror out there. And every single, uh, you know, review, which have been really awesome, we've been so fortunate to get the reviews we've had, has spread the word. And this is, this is a really critical and, and nice uh, nice moment to have. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It, it means a lot. And, uh, man, uh, have, a, have a scary, wonderful Halloween. Well, you do the same, and you can throw uh, the Matty P Radio Review right on top of that pile. Great movie. Go check it out. It will surprise you in more ways than one. Uh, all right, Marcus, uh, and I'll give you a chance to plug anything else you like real quick because uh, you've been such a good sport. Oh, goodness. Um, man, let's see. Uh, uh, something else to plug. Well, at this point, it doesn't uh, have to really be yours. Can't, the, can't wait to watch the season finale of Big Brother. I have nothing to do with it, but, man, that show, I think. <laughs> hey, that still counts. Good plug. Season finale of Big Brother, everybody. <laughs> and it was on last night, so I'm really doing a lousy job of getting the word out. <laughs> That's all right. You're following it in, in the proud Matty P tradition of timing. Well done, Marcus. <laughs> and I can also, I guess, you know what? I'll wish my parents yet again. A happy 50th wedding anniversary, because that's pretty awesome. Oh, that really is. Congratulations to them, and that no one has ever plugged their parents on the show before. A first. You deserve You deserve a, a crisp $5 bill, young Marcus. You did real good for the family. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, rock on, uh, boy! Thanks for having me. This this is this is just great. My, and yeah. man, uh, anytime, anywhere, I'm there. Oh, what a beautiful day for Frank and Betty, the world's super sweet new cereal. Hooray! Here's the world's super sweet new cereal, Cold Chocula. Fico, I've got Betty flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Well, I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Frank and Betty, Cold Chocula. Meow. <laughs> Frank and Betty, Cold Chocula. Wow. Bickering, bickering monster types. <laughs> monster types is a great word. That's I, it. That's what they're, they're the serial monster types. Yeah, I think so. For monster serial types. I'm so excited that we're actually doing a Saturday morning serial show, and we're talking about Saturday morning serial. I know. It's I, a rare And you think that we never do it, but we I never do it. We, we have done it, and it is always fun to do it. Though. It's You're always right. good to do it, but this is you know we're talking about Saturday morning serial technically. 
literally right now, uh, sugary cereal products, yes. <laughs> um, they do fortify. Okay, and so they fortify it with vitamins and with fiber and all this other stuff, and so you do end up uh, on the back of a whole lot of sugar. You end up getting <laughs> vitamins and minerals, and 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 what I'm yeah, trying to say, mom, is that this is good for you, mom. It's good for me, mom. Come on, let me have it. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> a cutting, succinct argument from Marky on why you should be eating more Frankenberry. And end of product placement. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah so but, anyway, that was Marcus Dunstan, uh-huh. uh, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Great movie, and it's actually it's in wide release right now. So you yeah, can go catch it's it. out there. No excuse not to, and this is a great season for it. Mm-hmm. As we said, something about the the weather changing. It's just getting darker outside. And uh, and we all want some horror movies. Yeah, and we all want some like, like heavy dramas. Your mm-hmm. Oscar contenders are mm-hmm. all going to be coming out now, and no one's going to release a an Avengers movie in November. No, it's that's too feel good. We don't want that. Exactly. Yeah. That's for summer. That's, that's for, for summer. Spring. Right. Yeah. For the season, things are getting colder. It's, this is like it, it. It would always all go together, like brand new episodes, uh, football, cold no. weather. School, school, right? Exactly. Like it all comes it down all to this. It all changes completely. Summer vacation <laughs> yeah. and uh, and 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 the Transformers movie. That's all a memory now. Yep. Nope. It's all over. Yep. Now it's back down to the nitty gritty. You're not wearing yep. shorts anymore. Nope. The best thing going for you right now is Christmas in a couple months. Yeah. That's really you're, what you're holding up for that because yeah. it's going to be a long soul killing <laughs> wait. <laughs> I know. So you might as well watch a movie that just really drags you down. Can I recommend The Neighbor? Do it. <laughs> yeah. Mar- Marky absolutely cannot watch it, which means he loves it. Exactly. I really, really hated it. <laughs> and also, one one of the great things about it is that, like we mentioned earlier and we talked about with Marcus, it takes Bill Engvall. Yeah. Famous comedian. Works with Jeff Foxworthy. He's great in this. You know, Larry the Cable Guy yeah. and stuff. Uh, had his own show on TBS. And, which and starred. All comedy. Yes, but the Bill Engvall show. I'm not kidding, guys. We all love J-Lo. Jennifer Lawrence. J-Law, sorry. Her first job in Hollywood was working on the Bill Engvall show. That's that's saying something right there. I mean, wow. It's not saying enough to Bill Engvall, but it does it say something. Well, but no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, this guy's been there. I mean, he's, uh, and I, I remember We don't his, mean he's been there. No, that's creepy. Or has he? He might they have. have. Rent the Neighbors. Watch it. <laughs> Maybe he's a guy who could have done it. Maybe so. Yeah. But, uh, Maybe but, he polished up his winner's bone. No, no. Really? But but what I'm what I am That's trying to terrible. say is this. That's what I terrible. what I am trying to say is this. You have a Hollywood stalwart. Is that the right word? Mm, it, it doesn't feel like it applies here. Stalwart. But it's a it's a fun word. Stalwart. Stalwart. Yeah. Well, you have a Hollywood staple. Okay, I'll go with that. Okay, all right. So Bill, uh, Bill has been there. Bill has been around. He, I, I, wasn't he on the Tim Allen Tool Time show? No, I don't believe so. Maybe he maybe been. played a, a small know. role or something. But, <laughs> but no. It, the point is, Bill Engvall is an established comedian, exactly. and the guy could have lived out his days, exactly. doing a couple of shows at local casinos until he discovering retired. the greatest actress of all time. By the way, in and the also, process. and also, as as you may have heard, Jennifer Lawrence was on a show as yeah. a young child, but. 
all that aside, he is now in The Neighbor, where uh-huh. he does not do a single joke. He not at not all. He's not a comedian. Not one. He inhabits a totally different role. And he's great. So you would think, well, maybe the guy was never that funny. Maybe it's always been an act. <laughs> I was curious if that was true, so I got to talk to him. Uh-huh. You did. Turns out, no, he is a comedian who happens to be a decent actor. But uh, so So we talked about The Neighbor and the weird fact that this big, successful comedian is – if it went wrong, it would have been him wasting his talents right. on something that wasn't right for him. Unfortunately. But somehow he pulled it out, and that's the backbone this creepy movie is based on. Yeah. So without any further ado, Magic Interview Machine, take us over to the hilarious and the creepy Bill Engvall. Meanwhile, Bill Engvall is joining me today. Uh, I'm very excited. Been a fan for a long time. Uh, you all know him as a very successful comedian, Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Uh, I believe you had a small part on that television show, The Bill Engvall Show. Yeah, it was a reoccurring role. Oh, that was that, that's pretty good. You've got a good agent. <laughs> they're they're a keeper. Yeah, I um, said you know you can put my name on the show, but I really don't want to work. <laughs> That's a tough contract to get. Not bad. Not bad, Bill. Yeah, well, it was PBS, so, you know, it would. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's funny. Or I think that was their tagline. Uh, Now I forget it. Yeah, I think it was something like, we're funnier. (laughs) (laughs) They went very basic, and that's usually a good idea, but for some reason it's not sticking with me. But uh, I did enjoy the show. Big fan. Thank you. The tours, the specials, you, Ron White, uh, Larry the Cable Guy, uh, you know Jeff, what's his name? The uh, you know the young. Yeah, I don't kid know what he, I don't know what he's doing these days. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, he's doing Golden Corral commercials. That's it. That's what it is. Oh, it's a shame he's falling on such hard times. Yeah, it's it. It's tough to be him. <laughs> but but now the reason I finally get to talk to you, strangely enough, is not comedy. What are you doing in a horror movie? You know, I gotta tell you, Dan, I. Uh, I've always been a, a fan of horror, the horror genre. Uh, back to when I was a kid, uh, you know, I would stay up late and watch the Vincent Price, you know, the Screaming Skull, and uh, saw the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Uh, and I've always just been a fan of it. And uh, but it was never anything on my radar, you know, as far as being in one. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Marcus Dunstan called me. Uh, who you know you know him as well. You know he was uh, wrote some of the Saw movies. He wrote the Bone Collector, uh, and I got this call. He said, "Hey, I'm doing this movie called The Neighbor, and it's kind of a, a departure from what I've done. You know, it's it's not the slasher kind of blood and gore movies. It's more of a, a murder thriller." And I said. Um, you know who I am, right? I'm like the goofy dad, um, said, you know, I don't know why the lawnmower cut my fingers off, you know? Uh, he said, Billy said, that's exactly what the guy I want. He goes, I want you to come on. I want people to look at you. And then I want you to scare the hell out of them. I go, I'm in bro. And, uh, so I, you know, and I got this part just over a Skype call. Uh, it was, uh, he's wanted to see what I look like. And I, yeah, I said, is there anything special you need me? He goes, no. And so, but what I did on my own was I grew my hair longer and I grew a beard and uh, got to work with some wonderful actors. Uh, Josh Stewart, uh, who's on Criminal Minds and has been in The Dark Knight Rises, uh, and uh, Ronnie Blevins, who's done a ton of stuff. 
And so, and I'll be honest with you, but when I got to that set, I was scared to death because, you know, you didn't want to be that guy, the guy that couldn't keep his chops with everybody else. Uh, and this was a whole new departure for me. I mean, I'd done dramatic roles on, like I did a, uh, a show, a show called Leverage, uh, with, uh, Timothy Hutton. Uh, yeah, yeah, I that remember I, that one. I, I played a, a kind of a skeezy uh, car dealer, uh, and the uh, but you know, and I, I fell in love, and I did like a, a three episode arc on Hawthorne, where I played a detective, but it was nothing like this. I mean, my but the first day on the set, my opening scene was me beating a guy to death with the butt of a shotgun, <laughs> and then it went downhill from there. Yeah, uh, I noticed in the screener they didn't give you any of your usual punchlines. Not no, even no, not at all. What a shame. No, no, it was. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the reaction uh, of my fans, of the real loyal Bill Engvall fans. You know that that know me as that guy, as, as the fun guy, the fun loving guy. Uh, you know, even from the trailer being released online, uh, there's. I'm getting a lot of support for it. Like, you know, hey, way to go, stepping out of the box and uh do it and I you know and, and listen, you know, people always go, I, why would you do a role like this? I go, It's acting. It's not a life choice. All right. It's like, <laughs> I didn't just turn into this killer all of a sudden. Uh but it was really uh I gotta tell you, dude, I enjoyed every minute of that shoot. Uh and I in fact uh, I leave uh for Vegas tomorrow to go to the premiere and uh it's uh I got to see a rough cut of it and it's it's intense. I mean it really is intense. It was, it was so funny when we were shooting the movie because we were in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, we would leave for work like 4 o'clock in the afternoon and come dragging in at about 5.30 in the morning. And these poor business guys at this hotel must have thought, what the hell is going on? <laughs> we come in with blood on it, you know, fake blood and dirt and mud on it. <laughs> Walk by the clerk and get a cup and go, I'm going to bed. I'll see you a little bit. And they're like, all right, we'll see you a little bit. <laughs> see, um, and not one of them but was, it was, hey, hey, that's Bill Engvall. Yeah, hey, what are you? What, aren't you that guy? The, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, I was really proud of it, uh, and I'm, st- I'm very proud of this uh, the part that I played because, like I said, it's, it was something completely different for me. And and I will tell you this: it was exhausting. Uh, not just the physical part of it, but just to you know, like in between takes, we would have to joke around a little bit just because it was so intense. That's, see, now that uh, there's there's, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's acting. It should be. Anybody who can act should be able to do basically any part. But there's right. that, that kind of meta level that, like, I think Quentin Tarantino did with Travolta or something, where you cast someone where you're like, all right, there is a preconceived notion, and right. we're going to force them to work twice as hard, and it gives all the audience an extra, like, oh, holy shit, that's 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 Dwight Yoakam and Swing and Sling Blade or something. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it makes you appreciate it so much more when you go so far against type. Well, and you know, and that's what I want, uh, Dan. I, I want, I want to be water cooler talk. You know, I want people to go, holy shit, did you hear, see what Ingmal did? And they're going to go, no, what? Oh you know, my God, I saw this movie he was in this weekend. It was like, and because and that's when people are talking, then you're still relevant. Um, and, and not that I'm not relevant with my comedy and stuff, but I want people to know me for something other than just being a one joke pony. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's, I've been very blessed in my career and, uh, and got to do a lot of things, uh, but this was, uh, and I, and I really, really, really hope this leads to something else in the same kind of deal. Like that someone will see this and go, Oh my God, I didn't know you could pull that off. Like, yeah, let's put him in this. And, 
because it's 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 also fun to crawl into somebody else's skin and, and bring them to life. Yeah, that's and this is and like we said, this is such different skin for you that yeah. When, really, when my producer said, "Oh, you're going to get to talk to Bill Engvall," I was like, Ooh, "Is he on tour again?" He said, "No, he's in a horror movie." I said, "I think you wrote down the wrong name." <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to go see this. But when they see this movie, they're going to go, God, that that looks like Bill Engvall, but no, that wouldn't be him. Yeah. And then at the end, you say, yeah, it was. <laughs> and there's some juxtapositions that aren't going to work. You know, you can't. Right. You're never going to have a children's movie with a Mel Gibson sympathetic. Right, right, it's exactly. Never gonna but I also, you know, in. But when I said, oh, right. it actually is Bill Engvall, it if if anything, it made me want to see it more. I said, "Well, now I really got to see it." This sounds well, really and I think that's kind of what Marcus was planning on too. Was that people would go, "Okay, wait a minute, I got I got to see this." Uh, hey, you got to always be putting yourself out there. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously it's not stupid. So I'm not going to go do porn, but it's like you know. Uh, hey, don't but, you knock know, it. Don't knock it. Yeah, yet. it's the right role came along, you know. But uh, it's <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that. I love it. I love the fact that it's going to make people talk and that people are going to – because there's – I mean, literally, there is not one joke in this movie, <laughs> literally. I, I just think it's important that you are always pushing and, stress, and, and stretching yourself because I think otherwise then what happens is you fall into this kind of comfortable mediocrity uh, that you see so many entertainers go through after they've been doing it. I mean, I've been doing stand-up now for 36 years, so it's – you know, something like this. And also what this does is it it, uh, it spurs me on to make my comedy better, you know, so to, to do things, to keep to keep advancing. So that I, I don't want to ever be like, oh, they, for people to say, oh, yeah, we saw him. You know, he was great, but we've seen him before. I want him to say, I don't, I don't know what he's going to do now. All right, so, so you're not retiring the mic then? That's, no, that no. That might be the message that, that hardcore fans need to hear so that they're more No, yeah, listen, I was raised with the phrase from Texas, is, you dance with who brung you. And uh, that's what, you know, comedy got me where I'm at, and I'm not going to desert her. And I love being on stage. And, and when you're on, you know, doing your show and you're in sync with the audience and everything's going good, there's nothing better. Uh, you know, like, and, and that's the weird thing about movies is, you know, I can do the best, play the best character I think I can do, you know, and you, but you don't know, you don't hear the reaction right there. You know, stand up, you get it right there. You know, I, so, you know, it could, you know, be, I don't know, somebody will go to this movie and go, man, he sucked at it, you know. But yeah, yeah it, the, uh, the general audience isn't going to know anything that you did for months to a year out when right. you finish your work, whereas it's so immediate tactile feedback on stage. Right. Which is, and I can, after 36 years, I think you've got the experience and the practice down. You might as well keep it up and <laughs> yeah. pay the bills. Well, you know, the other thing, Dan, i got to tell you, I want to bring in new fans. You know, I'd like to bring in this genre of horror film fans and murder suspense. You know, there's there's a whole audience out there that may not be familiar with me. And maybe this will, uh, they'll go, well, yeah, I'll go see a show. Now, I, didn't, I didn't realize he did this. And, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, bring in some new fans to the fold. Yeah. I think, you know, if we brought some educated PhD professor on psychology out to say, hey, I bet there's a link between horror and comedy, they could go on for an hour about it. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, like I. That, but I, I have a feeling there are enough threads there. That if somebody well, I always said you got to be able to do in a horror. They would be more than happy to flip it over and say, "All right, now I want to see his comedy." Right. Well, I always said you got to be able to do. Com- I felt like you have to be able to do comedy before you could do really good drama, uh, and I think Robin Williams proved that. Uh, you know, uh, 
here was here was this guy that Mork, you know, from Mork and Mindy, and all of a sudden now he's uh, the, the it was a movie, the phone booth, where he played this killer, uh, and, and people oh, just loved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, no, and he did, and he broke into what was it, like Awakenings. There was a whole stretch there where I think he was getting yeah. Oscar nominations, which and then you could think about Patrick Stewart, who came from, you know, oh yeah, the, you know the the opposite way from. Shakespearean-trained uh, 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 stage dramatic actor, and now almost every role you see him in is is a hilarious comedy. Yeah, well, I was thinking, you know, the people I, I, who I, have I, the I, skill. Hopefully, someone gives them a chance to do both. Well, and that's what I'm hoping is that people see this and go, "Wow, he did a great job with this." But uh, you know, if, if it doesn't, you know, I got to tell you, it's, 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 this is something that I will keep in my archives because. Uh, it's funny. My wife one day said to me, "I was they were they sent me the trailer to the movie that they were going to release, and I kept watching." She goes, "How many times are you going to watch it?" And I go, "I got to tell you, I was really good at this." <laughs> 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 there's there's nothing wrong with that. You have to. Well, I think you need to embrace a certain amount of vanity if you're going to perform. And I oh, think, I agree. And you and uh, again, one of the other aspects of doing stand-up comedy is you are never going to be your own audience. It is just physically impossible. No, in fact, I say, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was like one of the and my manager, my agent, my wife, everybody can tell you that. Like, if I do a new special comedy special, and they go, "We need you to watch this to make some cuts," I go, "I can't, I can't watch it." <laughs> And they go, why not? And I go, because I, I just go, why? Why are they laughing at that? That's so insane. But yeah, you're right. The movie, you know, I, I probably watched the trailer a hundred times for this movie. So it's like, so there you go. You found the happy median. I tell you, it sounds like you, you dance with who brung you, but you're not afraid to sneak behind the bleachers with uh, Marcus Dunstan and uh, and and get a little more exposure. I'm I, you, you're, you're you're exactly right. And if Marcus called me tomorrow and said I got another film for you, I'd be dude. I'm all in. Well, you know, I'm I'm glad that that you had the guts to do that because I know that there's a lot of people who find their little niche, their professional area, and they say, "Why would I want to mess with that?" Right. Well, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of comfort in familiarity, you know, uh, and I think that, uh, but I think the if you really want to try to put yourself up with the greats, then you got to be willing to step out of that comfort zone uh, once in a while and. And see what it feels like because uh, if you don't, then you you don't. I don't think I think you cheat yourself because I don't. If I had never done this, I would I I would have been that guy in the theater going, I wonder if I could have played that role. And now I know I can play that role. And you know, hopefully, like I said, somebody will see this and put me in something else. Uh, and uh, and I, I I'm excited for it to get out just to hear what people think. Now all the monster cereals have bigger monster-sized marshmallows. Count Chocula has enormous chocolatey marshmallows. It's a delicious part of his nutritious breakfast. New monster marshmallows are here. The monster marshmallows are here. They're everywhere. Whoa! Here come those monster marshmallows, everybody. I there's don't, nothing gross about that. Not at all. And apparently there's nothing seasonal about it. I mean, that, that's, I think that's, I think they just uh, sounded, validated yeah. and what that, we said. That may have been back when they were doing a last push. Like, how, how are we going to turn a profit on these series? <laughs> Making them all year round. Bigger marshmallows. If this doesn't work, yeah. we're yanking them off shelves. I, I think this whole idea of them being a seasonal thing was strictly like they went into the vault 
they were looking like General Mills was looking for something, and they were like, "We have yeah. this like, amazing." We, we, we thing. J.J. Abrams on retainer. <laughs> what can re? What, what are we going to reboot? <laughs> Maybe from so. our back catalog. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And so they 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 brought this out again. I think that's that's what happened a few years ago to many 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 delights, including my delight. And in the process, it added a little delight to my fright. Ooh, what a great line. Of course, stolen, I, I believe. From. <laughs> yeah, absolutely stole it. Yeah, from uh, it was Marcus, Marcus in the yeah. uh, original interview. But, uh, and he, do, he does give such a great breakdown about why the season mm-hmm. is just right for it and what is romantic about a horror movie. And this is obviously someone who makes his, his money from horror movies. Yeah, he knows how to justify them. He wrote Saw. Well done, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, good job. I mean, yeah. and 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 again, and that was just uh, Bill Engvall, who you heard, mm-hmm. who you will not recognize at all when you see him in The Neighbor. Uh, one last time, I'll remind you, it's out there. Go watch it. There's a great time of year for it. Yep, yep. And you'd be doing them a favor. Yeah, well, do us all a favor. Go and watch this movie. Uh, again, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> so that's the best because thing. of how. Scary yes. it was. Again, if you weren't listening earlier, that's going to sound out of context. But trust me, Marky loves what he hates when it comes to horror movies. Yeah, it's and and it's not like the crazy, just like crazy, full of blood all over the place, hacking up. It's not. It doesn't. It, it's not about that. Um, there's obviously some. There's some bloody moments. And there's stuff some like blood. That's fine. But what what a, what what makes a good movie that I hate is the <laughs> is that lurky dark corner. Where you don't know what's there. There's like the where you see the character that you have grown to love over the last 30 minutes. And why is he backpedaling into a hallway right now? Why wow. is he doing that? Don't do that. Why? Why? What? 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 Okay. You know, like, see, okay. see, everybody, so just stop. You're getting him worked up. I Marky. hate it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be it. fine. I hate it. The movie's not on anymore. Yep. It all ended. There were credits. Uh-huh. Bill Engvall is a comedian again. He shaved the beard off. He's back on tour. Okay, good. Fine. All right. All right. See, see. Sometimes you got to talk him down with these scary movies. That's how much he loves, hates them. I hate them, lovingly so. Lovingly. So go so watch good. this movie. I'm glad we were able to get that out of the yeah. way. Now, there, uh, I still don't know that when you said Bill Engvall was on Tool Time, was he back in the day? You you made that claim. I still don't believe it. And the more I think about it, the more it kind of sounds like like racist in a way. <laughs> It might be just I, because I've never said that I wasn't racist. Uh, it's just well, you know, everybody's well, you know, a little. Would racist. you like to look it up for us? Well, I'm gonna look it up real quick because you, this is. Should we do a little bit of wiki reading? Let's do some wiki reading. Wait, wait, wait! Take it away, wiki reading. Wiki reading. Wiki reading. Wiki reading. Wiki 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 reading. Okay. All right. All right. Two, two times in one episode. This segment is already worn out. It's welcome. What does Wikipedia say? I'm not even going to. Should I even do it? Well, we play the music. You have to now. Okay. Hold on. I was looking on IMDb. So, do, we have, do we have music for IMDb? <laughs> you know what? Let me check. Let's take it away. IMDb reading. IMDb reading. Oh, yeah. Read that 
right, so here I am, uh, building full of porn in Galveston, Texas. You wouldn't know it from the accent. Following graduation <laughs> from Richardson High School in Richardson, Texas, and will admit it's how much you do know what? I, mean, I applaud. Okay. I applaud your right. effort, but I feel like it's going to take us a long right. time. So to I'm going to go back to the IMDb reading. IMDb reading. And uh, no, he was not on the Tool Time Show, which is not even the name of the show that I was thinking of. I mean, that was. Uh, uh, home improvement. Is home improvement. Yes. Yeah. No. He was not on was the name of the show. In the uh, exactly. That just I'm slowed our. I'm getting a little. I'm down. getting a little. I'm getting. A, I'm getting a little confused. He was on the Jeff Foxworthy show. He was on Blue Collar TV, the series, mm-hmm. and then of course he was on the Bill Engvall show, yes. which of course starred. The, m- my love and your Go ahead. love. Go ahead. Jennifer love. Lawrence again. It's called the Bill Engvall Show. It starred Bill Engvall. With Jennifer Lawrence, who was in all <laughs> 31 episodes of the Bill Engvall Bill Show. Bill Engvall Show featuring Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, okay. Jennifer I Lawrence. That. I, I'm sure, and I, I want to give you credit for being the only interview that Bill Engvall has ever had in the world that didn't know that he discovered Bill, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, so, and that's good probably job. why it ended on good terms. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he liked it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So he said, wow, made a whole 20 minutes with Maddie P without having to mention <laughs> J-Law once. And I love her so much. Uh, so, uh, you know, allow me to be the first to welcome you all into uh, Frankenberry season. We hope you guys have a great holiday. Certainly not the first. I did it about an hour and a half ago. But I know. Yes, but go ahead. Uh, allow me go to be the last. Or the, or the, the, I just I want to say, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in for the last three or four years, however long we've been doing this. Yeah, but, uh, um, we're, we're right up on the three-year anniversary. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, We are going to bring you another episode in October. Oh, please tell Um, me it's about condobility again. It is going to be about nobility. (laughs) We're going to do it for Kamikaze, which is coming up at the end of the month. Uh, But we have great stuff for you. We've been sitting on amazing interviews. We just have not had the time to release and to produce. I also want to get you guys onto the – just go onto blogtalkradio.com. Um, Google Maddie P Radio, Google Saturday Morning Serial. Uh, not, not well. You, you don't Google when you're on that site, but you search when you're on Blog Talk Radio. Search Maddie P Radio. Search Saturday Morning Serial. Do we have a little search Maddie P Radio uh, music? We can play? <laughs> not, and I hope you don't produce it. But we have we have we we had a great season. We had a great year, and we have good stuff coming up before the end of the year, and so. Uh, we we appreciate and a little you. bit of bad. Listen to all of it. Maybe you can figure it out. <laughs> Enjoy it all. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, laugh with us. Laugh at us. We don't care. But we really thank you guys for doing this. So, uh, as for uh, for all of you for um, for joining us for the inaugural Frankenberry season show, we thank you. We thank you. And uh, hey, let's meet back here again soon, Saturday mornings. What do you guys say? I've had enough of this. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.